It takes years to build a business that sustains a family and is worth passing on. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work closely with clients to provide the financing, cash management, and deposit products necessary to grow a business. So your life's work will continue to prosper once it's in someone else's hands. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your business. Visit sandyspringbank.com business. Credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank. Hello, welcome to the Wolves Fancast. We're recording like 15 minutes after the final whistle's gone, so we're all a little bit deflated. Andy Gillard here, I've got with me Dan. Hello everyone. Ben. Evening. And Gully. <sighs> Alright guys. Where do we start? Um, Feels like we've lost, doesn't it? It feels worse than that. Yeah, no, it's. I think it's the ramifications for the rest of the season that really kind of, you know, gets to you at the at this moment. It's, mm. And and also combined with the manner of the concession of the goal, um, yeah, it, it's it's a it's a difficult one to take. It kind of reminds me of. You remember when we lost to Palace and to Norwich in the first leg of the the playoffs way back? Yeah, and. The, the second match was almost a non-event, and that's kind of how the season now feels to me. The next two games are just friendlies, almost. Yeah, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. It was still there was still a lot to do. If we're talking about what we're talking about, I'm assuming we're talking about reaching top four. Um, you know, things needed to go our way and whatnot, but. Yeah, and the top six finish ultimately is still going to be an excellent season. And we, I think we still look strong in that regard. But Jesus Christ, Ugh. Burnley, Burnley. I feel, I feel like we've, we've, we've been in a twelve-round fight. We've won the first nine, and we've just been poleaxed in the tenth. And we ain't getting back up. We, we, we might have a standing eight count, but we ain't finishing this fight. Mm, dead behind the eyes. So, obviously, you all know we drew one apiece with Burnley. Um, to be honest, there's only really one talking point in the game, and it came at the last second imaginable. Was it a penalty, Dan? Kick us off. I think we've all got the same opinion. I've, I've just spoken in a different WhatsApp group with a Liverpool fan, a Benfica fan, and a couple of Chelsea fans. And the one guy, his words were, It is, but it ain't. And that's just how shit VAR is now. That there's just no common sense. It hits his, it is his arm, but like what you're saying, unless you're John Terry and you're getting booted in the face by Abu Dhabi, what else are you supposed to do? If that's, I know you're not going to try a bicycle kick anywhere else, so it's a complete hypothetical. But if there's a foot that high anywhere else, and they give a free kick, I, all day. There's just, I, I think Gully said it. If he, if Doherty did commit to a header and didn't put his arms up, he gets booted in the head. Like, and and the ref gives a free kick. 
I just, I, I, I also think if that doesn't hit Doherty's arm and hits him in the chest, I think Dean gives a free kick for dangerous play. Like the only it's, all, reason... it's always been about Mike Dean. It's always about him. Just the two penalties against Cardiff. Same again today. It's always he has to be the centre of attention. If that, if he doesn't blow the whistle and for, to give the penalty, does VAR even check that? Do you know, I, I was genuinely amazed at how quickly he blew up when it happened and pointed to the spot because it wasn't an obvious thing to spot, I don't think, given everything that was going on. So it almost gives you the impression that he was looking for a decision to make. Um, I thought initially he'd give it for the push because it looked like there might have been a push or something at the back post. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. And I thought he'd give it for that until we saw the... And Dean was just stood there as he does, like on his, you know, squatting down. And he's just just ready to give a pen at all all times. And, you know... (sighs) Maybe the game was a bit of a bore for him. (laughs) They need to spice (laughs) things up a little bit because it wasn't the best spectacle until Raul scored that screamer and I'm, I'm sure we'll get onto that at some point but yeah like, like I said in the WhatsApp group you're almost encouraging people to put their neck on the line just so it, it can become you know an outright decision there in, in the in the right sense of, of what the decision should have been um, so you know if he gets booted in the face black eye you know broken neck whatever could happen if Chris Wood follows through you know that's that doesn't matter. You know, there's no real. You know, as long as um, you know, there's uh, there's actual an end result in that regard. You need uh, you need to put yourself in that position just to get the right, you know, the right outcome, which is ridiculous. All, all the protocols that they bring in for like protection of players against concussions and things like that. This I don't understand how there isn't any sort of. I know this just sound. It's going to just sound like sour grapes, and you know, people can say that if it had happened the other way, that that we'd have asked for a pen. But at the end of the day. <laughs> What that decision is essentially saying is we prefer you to get kicked in the head, clean, get kicked in the oh, head, yeah. and try mm. and try and yeah. protect yourself. And because if if Doty does get kicked in the head there, like Gully says, that's a very 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 serious injury. So yeah. you you're essentially sending a message out to the Premier League that you are better off being kicked in the head directly and, and potentially killed. But yeah. surely players are going to do this every week now, though. Ball comes in the box. You just throw your legs. Wood was nowhere Free near rain. it. Free nowhere rain to near... just do bicycle kicks. <laughs> completely out of control. Completely out of control. Not even nowhere near it. When it comes back, Wood's like, "Yeah, you know, I didn't, I didn't even see what happened because because he was just like flying like a cat through the air." I think when you put it into the context of what the league has done to kind of protect the spectacle and protect the players from getting injured, all all that kind of stuff since the restart. They're adding drinks breaks. You're you're allowed an extra substitutions just because people might, etc. etc. To then allow that kind of thing to happen, you know, it flies in the face of all, all of it, really, because you know, there's no real sense of protection whatsoever. People might get injuries, and you know, Burnley had a couple. Did have a, they had a couple that might have gone off in um, during the game. But if you're then going to allow them to a, a genuinely perilous p- position, allow people to be put in that situation, uh, you know. It, it makes no sense whatsoever. Entirely contradictory. Do you think any other ref in the Prem gives that? Probably not. I think most refs would give a free kick against Wood for the high foot, if I'm perfectly honest. If, do you think if that's after 55 minutes, do you think he rushes to give the penalty? No, probably not. I think, yeah, the, the high foot is the easy decision to give for any mm-hmm. ref. It's the easy one. But he decides he needs to give the, the more um, definitive one, shall we say. 
I'm, I feel kind of lost to, of kind of get my words out I feel just completely lost at the moment I don't know how to summarize the game I mean if we go back to the start b- before the match kicked off what did we think of the lineup were we impressed I mean personally I thought it looks like he's going for it he's gone with the most attacking lineup he can go for what, what are your opinions Gully yeah Thoughts? I think I think yeah, you, you couldn't really knock him off. I did um, wonder about the dropping of Dendonka just because, A, he's played well, and B, you know, they're a big side, Burnley. You know, you, you, you do tend to be having having to defend a, a lot of longer balls, set pieces, etc. So he would have been useful. Um, but you couldn't knock the idea that they were going to camp in and um, we were going to have quite a bit of possession. So you needed as much um, attacking you know, prowess as possible on the pitch. Uh, and we looked we looked quite decent for it, I think. I still think in the final third, there was a lot of little, you know, crappy mistakes and you know, stuff between the players. But the ideas were there, which mm. was a good sign, definitely. Yeah. Ben, what were your thoughts? I was happy with the team. Um, I thought, you know, when you look on paper, that's, you know, pretty much as attacking as, attacking as you can go. Um, I think it's a little bit disrespectful for Johnny to say that Benagra is a particularly more. Atta- I know he's he's a bit faster and he runs at runs at defenders more, but Johnny isn't scared of getting forward, so that wasn't a massive thing for me particularly. Um, you know, I'm. I think difference. Neves was. I thought Neves was brilliant again tonight. Um, but I, I thought against Everton with a different midfielder alongside him, I thought he looked a lot better and had a lot more freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they both tend to sit a little deep, Neves and Matinho, when they play together and sort of rely on each other's abilities rather than one of them trying to trying to stand out. And I think Dendonka allows Neves to just have a little bit more... I think we go a little bit more direct, don't we, when, when Dendonka's playing? Because, you know, the, the ball tends to get forward a lot quicker and... And I think that helps with our tempo because, again, I think there was periods today when we were just a little bit slow. Um, thought the tempo was good at times, and then but there was like fifteen-minute passages where not a lot happened, and Wolves didn't really do a lot with the ball, which didn't happen as much against Everton. I thought. Mm. Yeah, Dan, you stuck with Daniel Pedence. Were you pleased to see him on the pitch again? I think as soon as. Um, the team lineup came out. I was absolutely giddy at that lineup. Everything that I hated from the Sheffield United performance and the lineup and his lack of substitutions was exactly what I wanted him to finally do. Just go out there and, as we said, put the front foot on teams and make them afraid of us instead of trying to compromise our best attacking outlets. Um, as I said before the game, we just couldn't lose tonight. And I'm just so deflated because I don't, I don't think Burnley deserved a point. I thought we were in so much control of that game. Um, but just in the final third, we were just lacking that final bit of quality and composure. And um, going back to what Ben said, and I've said it numerous times now, Matinho commandeers so many moments during our games. Um that it doesn't allow Neves to be the all-round midfielder that we all know he can be. I mean, there was another situation today where Matinho commandeers a free kick from the exact same position Neto putting in against Everton. 
don't know if any of you noticed that. And yeah, yeah. It's just... I love Martinez. He's probably the one. Of, he's probably the best player I've ever seen in a Wolf shirt. But in the last sort of month, I, f- I feel he's been more of a negative influence of the team than positive. Yeah, I mean that, that's a big statement, but he's not. His positives haven't really come off, and you, we have looked better without him. If anything, for me, Martinez has been looking a little bit too ponderous at times. And that slows us down. When we've got the players we've got, we don't... Slowing us down is just going to fuck up our moves. We need to be going on the front foot. And I do agree that I think Matinho is probably uh, stopping that flow a little bit for me. Totally. I, I, and then Donka, whichever direction he plays in, which is often backwards, he makes his decision pretty quickly once he gets the ball. Um, and I think you saw that against Everton. You know, He's moving the ball on. Not necessarily making the most, you know, creative forward passes and whatnot, but just keeping the ball moving and allowing other players to pick up the ball in better positions as a result. Mm. Look, I think I've said this a few times, but Wolves are set up in a way and playing a way where these 95th minute heartbreakers can happen regularly because... We don't particularly ever look like putting a team away. Um, at one nil up, I thought I thought we were managing the game brilliantly. Actually, I thought we pretty much restricted Burnley to to next to nothing with about four or five minutes to go, keeping the ball well, still attempting to go forward, but quite, more importantly, just keeping the ball when they needed to. And then something just seemed to switch, and we did similar against Sheffield United. I think we just dropped a little bit deeper. Almost, and then just let everything get on top. Um, we got the the escape from from Chris Wood missing from a yard out, but you know straight away the response. I thought that moment is right. Okay, we should have we should have just given this game away. Keep the ball now for two minutes, and the game's over. And the next time that the BBC cameras cut back to the pitch, which you know they've done a tour of Burnley. Focused on the two stewards, looked at Sean Deutsch's forehead. Dion Dunn did a flipping whole street worth of Burnley houses up and downstairs. <laughs> but by the time it came back, Burnley were back in, in an attacking position and yeah. we just we just didn't keep the ball well enough for those four minutes. And that that's the difference between it. Like when when you watch Mourinho do, you know, he doesn't do it as often, but those Simeone and those sort of teams, which is we're a sort of a a poorer version of what Atletico Madrid do in terms of the way that they nullify teams and, and are happy to win 1-0. You don't give the ball away like we did in the last five minutes. I think you, you're totally... For a minute, probably 80... Between 80 and 90, Burnley looked like a bad team, which they can do because they're not necessarily full of talented players. And, you know, they didn't look like creating an opportunity. Um, so why we stopped doing what we were doing for the last few minutes and allowed them to do what they're good at, which is putting balls in the box, getting on the end of things. You know, it, it kind of just beggars belief, really. Because, um, I mean, a word on them as a, as a whole, they're on the fucking wind-up from minute one. They're, they're wasting time on mm. goal kicks and throw-ins from the, the word go, which is, you know, it's, it's pretty despicable given they've got nothing to play for. Um, yeah, there's no pressure on them to get a result or anything. Uh, so I don't really understand why. Um, 
and they do this little simple, you know, into the forwards feet, knock it into midfield and then loop on over the top, which, I mean, Premier League defences don't have to deal with that very often. So maybe it is a bit of a surprise when they do have to. And we looked a little bit uncomfortable with it at times. I think Cody and Sace especially just seem to lose their bearings um, when Wood and Rodriguez tried to get in behind them. Um, mm. But we looked like we'd done enough to win the game. And, uh, you know, it, it just frustrates me even more that this the kind of team that we're playing, no, we should be putting Burnley to bed every single week. Every single week. Mm. Uh, and on the Skype call, we've got with us Tom Whittaker. Uh, Tom is from the No Nay Never Burnley podcast. How are you doing, Tom? Uh, probably better than you, lads, after that, I think. <laughs> I think so. So, obviously... We're all a bit deflated, as as you know. What are your thoughts on the game? We kind of feel like we've been a little bit robbed, that it was mostly plain sailing up until the 94th minute where it all went a bit pear-shaped. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of the reverse fixture at Molyneux. Um, I think the away side was the better team, had a, a decent amount of control of the game, scored a good goal to get you in front. And once you scored that goal, didn't really look in, in bother. I think you fell into the same trap that we did at Molyneux, went a bit too deep, a little bit too early, invited us just to sling some balls in the box and see what happened. And obviously, a couple of them have dropped nicely. One of them, a bad miss from Wood. And one of them, well, I'm sure you know what happened for the other one. And obviously, we've, we've nicked a goal with a bit of a, a debatable penalty, shall we say, in the last minute. So, yeah, very very similar to the reverse fixture. So, I know a little bit about how you guys are feeling just now. I had forgot about that other game. I'd forgot about the one at Molyneux, to be fair. It was almost like a carbon copy, really. Can, can we cut this bit out? Because he's Trump carded us here, lads. No, he's <laughs> absolutely <laughs> done us with his first he's answer. absolutely done us. Was it? Hang up, Andy. No, Hang up. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, Tom. Right. <laughs> so, obviously, your season was starting to pick back up again as well. You were looking at European places. How has tonight's result affected your season ultimately, do you think? Uh, it was always going to be a bit of a long shot for us with the, the Man City result on Monday um, with it only being seven places available I think we were going to have to finish above three of Sheffield United Wolves Tottenham and Arsenal it's a massive ask the fact we've got a squad on its last legs I think you saw a bit of that today there's a lot of tired legs I think realistically we were going to have to win all of our last three games and hope a couple of teams slipped up so that's us I think now as far as Europe's concerned unfortunately but uh, if you'd have offered me this position at the start of the lockdown or after that Man City game, I would have, I would have bitten your hand off. So I'm not too down hard. I mean, ultimately, you look like it's, you're going to be on course for another top half finish. I mean, with all due respect to Burnley, that, that's a very good result for them, I think. Yeah, 100%. If you look at our squad on paper, you look at our budget relative to the other teams that are up there. Uh, if you'd have offered me top 12, top 13, that's a good result. Staying up really is a good result and yeah, a top half finish. Fantastic result around Christmas. I think we lost seven of nine. So and we, were, we were looking over our shoulders then. We lost to Aston Villa at home on New Year's Day. We weren't far off the bottom three. So to have recovered from that position, yeah, it's been been a really good season for us mm. overall. And obviously Sean Dyche seems to have been rumoured to be on his way out. Where have these rumours come from? Is, is there any substance to them, do you think? He's... Uh, He's been a, a little chippier than he normally is. He, he does like to talk about budgets and, and finances. A lot of opposition fans are well aware of that. Um, and he he's, he's had a bit of a pop at our board in a, in a few interviews since the, the, the football resumed. 
I think he would like them to spend a bit more money on the squad. Uh, obviously, what manager wouldn't? But he's been here uh, just over seven years now, and uh, and I think he's starting to feel that if he doesn't get more investment, more money from the board, he's taking us as far as he can. It could be one or two. Um, when you get rumblings like that in the media, it's normally either that he's trying to put pressure on our board to give him a little bit more money, or he's issuing a bit of a come and get me plea to, to other clubs. And I think a lot of it will depend on what clubs are looking for a new manager in the summer and what kind of budgets they're they're willing to give him. I think we've been lucky to keep him thus far in that there's, there's not been many teams who are a lot bigger than us that would have wanted him. The style of play seems to put teams like Everton and Leicester off and he's mm-hmm. never realistically going to get a top six job. So I think the fact that there just haven't been a great deal of alternative suitors is what's kept him here as long as he has been. Um who knows if that will continue to be the case in the summer, but fingers crossed the board do uh, do put their hand in the pocket a bit more, keep him happy with it, a couple more signings, in, and we've got another year of him at least. Mm. <clears throat> Gentlemen, is, have you, any of you like, got any questions for, for Tom about Burnley? Yeah, did you... So, as as a Burnley fan, did you notice that, that Wolves did sort of... Because they were managing the game quite well in that last in the last 10 minutes until stoppage time. Could you notice the fact that Wolves also just dropped off and just just gave you guys the initiative back? Yeah, it, it seems to me that, um, that see when where Wolves have got a massive advantage over us is in midfield. So many gifted technical players in midfield, and our midfield are shuttlers. That there's not a guy you actually saw tonight who can hang on to the ball and spray it around. So I thought the best way to see the game out would have just been to to keep the ball to pass it around in midfield, put it in the corner for for Traore to chase and uh, and hold up. But yeah, as you say, it seemed to be a couple of negative substitutions and, and drop back. And I, I know three-man defence, you probably back yourself to, uh, you know, to keep us at bay. We didn't have a massive amount of attacking threat, but we're always dangerous on set pieces, isn't it? And I think giving a couple of deaf set pieces away on the edge of our box, you're always going to put yourself under pressure. So yeah, it surprised me a bit that, that, that the tactic wasn't just to keep the ball a little bit more. Yeah, I think, Tom, just on, on kind of the way the game, Peter, I remember last season when you guys beat us at your place, there was a, a step change. You went 2 0 up and you just started pressing the hell out of us um, and not allowing us to play out. Um, I mean, the way you guys press Cody today, especially, I think it's really, really um, kind of distinguished. And um, you kept putting him onto his left foot and he was trying to pick out little passes. Romain Saiz was making stupid little passes as well. So I think the team's obviously really, really well cut. Um, I love your time-wasting tactics from minute one as well, honestly. They're, they're you know, remarkable. Um, but be as impolite and gregarious as you like, but did you really think it was a penalty? Um, I think... It's handball. Um, I don't think I don't see the defensive. Well, he he might get kicked in the head, so he's putting his hands up. I think you've got to be a bit braver, to be honest. If you're a centre half, for me, I, I think I'd be disappointed if one of our lads went with his hands up instead of going in and and risking a boot. Um, you could argue it was dangerous play. I think that's that's where you'd you'd be stopping that one. I think I think if if you if it drops over his head and and his foot's nowhere near his head, if it touches his hands, that that is handball for me. But I think I wouldn't have been surprised if they'd have said. It's dangerous play to have the boot up that eye and not be not be making a connection with the ball. So yeah, we've, we've been fortunate. So without a pylon, because obviously we're all Wolves fans and you're the one Burnley fan. So that's, <laughs> I'm, that's, I'm, I'm ready to go here, Ben. I'm ready to go. <laughs> that's not fair because that's not fair because you know you've come on and into you know into a four pissed off Wolves fans. So fair play to you. Um, so 
in that situation, you would rather your defender risk serious injury and get booted in the head than protect himself? I'm not saying put his face into the studs. I mean, his, his, head, his, his boot didn't go near his head, did it, in the end? And he, he doesn't know that because he's not looking. He's put his hands up and he's turned his head away. I'd rather he, he makes the challenge, yeah. And I'd put, I mean, maybe put your back in, your shoulder in, something like that. Maybe not go for it with a full forehead in the boot. But I think if, he's, if he keeps his eyes on the ball, um, then he knows that he's not in danger because the boot's not actually coming to his head. Obviously, it's an instinctive reaction to put your hands up and turn your back away, but it, it's cost you two points in the end. So, yeah, for me, I'd, I, I would rather he stands up to at least keeps his eyes open and keeps his eyes on the ball and, and throws himself towards the ball. Like I say, I'm not saying put his put his teeth in the way of the, of the studs, but at least put, try and put something on it. I don't think you can turn your back and put your hands up like that. Huh? I think um, going back to the going back to the early game of the season, I, I thought from um, trying not to be biased point of view, I thought our penalty against Burnley was kind of soft. But then looking at that penalty today, I, I just feel like VAR really made a wrong decision there and tried to not use any common sense. It's just purely for TV entertainment again. I think with both penalties, so the Jimenez one, that, that was more of a penalty than, than ours tonight. Um, I think the Jimenez one, he's won that rather than him being fouled. And and I think with both of them, whatever decision the referee's given, the VAR has just agreed with him. And I think with both, if the referee had, give, had not given a penalty, then the, that it wouldn't have been overturned either. So that, I think that's, that's what I was trying to get out. at. With, with, with yeah. Another situation with VAR is... The people at Stockley Park are still too afraid to overturn the referee's decisions. Yeah, I think that they're, they're, they're looking at it from the point of view of how can we prove the referee right a lot of the time? Why is he given what he's given? I think that's what Kalina said the other week, isn't it? He's come out and said that they're working too much. That they're looking after the mates rather than thinking that's about it. what the correct decision is. And yeah, yeah that, like I say, both of them. Tonight, if you'd give a free kick there for a high foot, the VAR's not going back and giving a penalty. And the same with the Jimenez one. I mean, like I say, he backed into him and, and uh, he took a tumble. But he won that. And as I say, it was more of a penalty than us. I'm not complaining about it. But if, if the ref hadn't given that in normal time, the the, uh, the VAR wouldn't have gone back and given it, I don't think. Can I ask a quick question to, to, to the three walls, lads? Yeah, sorry, sorry, Gully. What would have been worse tonight? That Obviously, what's happened? Or Patricia being at fault for that Chris Wood miss? I think personally... I'd handle the mistake from our own players a bit better than, um, you know, the sense of injustice we've got. It's yeah. out of your control, isn't it? You know, when when stuff's in, when you see your player has made a bad mistake, there's no there's no hiding place there. There's nothing, you know, you can you can do about it. He's just had a nightmare. But when there's um, it, it, and that was a when it's black and white like that, fine. There's a massive grey area around the decision for the penalty here today, and that's what kind of sticks with me. Yeah, I think Gully sums it up perfectly for me as well. <sighs> to be honest, right. Tom, we've we've all kind of come to the conclusion that it was Mike Dean, so you know it was going to happen <laughs> anyway, weren't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very true as well, isn't it? Especially on prime time, BBC couldn't resist that opportunity, could he? He's growing the beard, especially for us, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Right, okay, Tom, thank you very much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. I wish it could have been under, I say, better circumstances, but if it was better for us, it would be worse for you. So, 
but again, thank you for joining us. We'll see you again next season. Thank you very much for having me, gentlemen. Best of luck for the rest of the season as well. Yeah, you too, mate. Take care. Right, before we carry on, it's the halfway point of the podcast, and you know what that means. It's the best bit of the podcast. You get to find out about bloody good websites. Our website's a bloody good website, and I know you love a bloody good website as well, and our website is done by our friends at pixelyetimedia.com. It's even better than that Space Jam website, which it's still online. Go online, go on Google, type it in. The original website from that film is still there in all its glory, and our website is is even better than that. And it's done by our friends at pixelyettymedia.com. If you're looking for a new website for your business, go check them out. And they're not just web designers either. They're a creative agency that cover all your design needs from websites to brochures, signage and marketing, branding and more. So why don't you go check them out at pixelyettymedia.com. So, bright spark of the game. What a fucking goal from Raul Jimenez. This is probably the only bit of the game where I'm actually genuinely effusing about it. What a finish that actually was. Goody, what did you think when that hit the back of the net? Um, well, first and foremost, I was shocked um, because it's not like him to kind of, you know, as brilliant a footballer as he is, that's kind of finish. I've, I've never seen it coming from him, I'll be honest. Um, the first... <laughs> about you know who do you want that to fall to it's Jimenez and I'm like well if you have a look at his conversion rate that's uh, probably not Um, but genuinely one of the hardest uh, techniques you know to try and master and it was totally you know he's got split second to try and manage that it's 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 I think it's better than anything Neves has done from distance genuinely yeah because because of the the speed at which it comes to him and the kind of angle and the height it's a really awkward height I'd say nine times out of ten, that's in the top tier, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They, they made the point about his body shape and how he lifted up his left foot in order to get the leverage to do it. To do that as an instinct is just unreal technique. I just felt his height um, was perfect for that sort of level of connection. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I think with the way that we were sort of huffing and puffing and having that final bit of quality, maybe we used up our luck with that awful Doherty shot which deflected into his path. Yeah, that one was going uh, high-wide and not very handsome, wasn't it? The only thing that disappointed me, about maybe three or four minutes after that goal, there was a chance where it, I think Jimenez chested it and he could have volleyed it from about 30 yards and he pulled out of it. Yeah. I'm thinking when yeah. you when you look, do you remember if when you look in, you've just got to have a go. We don't really have that many shots from distance, like except with the exception of Neves, we don't have anything from distance. Like, and we're, we're quite happy to just keep the ball, which is fine. That I'm not I'm not slagging that off, but that's why I think that Jimenez goal was so unusual because you almost yeah. I, I instinctively expected him to try some kind of flick back to where Jota wasn't, and you know, fair fair fucks to him. To be I honest, was literally I... celebrating before it left his foot because it, it was so it's just moments when yeah when when it deflects like it did off Doherty's shot and lands like that. You, it, I just knew that it was going in, mm. but it's like we're saying, it, it, it doesn't shoot like that. Or well, no one tries volleys apart from Neves from distance enough. I can't remember. I can't 
tell you how many times in the first half I was. I think Pedence got into a number of positions. Jota did. Where I was just telling him, just just have a shot. Like there are little passes on, obviously that they that that would probably thread you know thread through a needle if you needed mm. to get it through to your partner. But there's there's a, a lot to be said for just shooting. I know Burnley like they're really good at blocking shots, and Nick Pope is a brilliant goalkeeper. But like Jimenez showed, if you just you know buy a ticket, you might just win the raffle, boys. Jimenez should have done better with that one chance he had in the second half, where he he turned Peters inside out. And he, he he back, yeah, all, he, all he had to yeah. do was hit the target. I think it was in. You're more, you're, you're more likely to see that from Jimenez than the, the goal that he scored, I'd say. Yeah. Mm. yeah. The, the yeah. thing that really made me, which made my um, gut in feeling more after the match was seeing Jimenez in the stands because it, it, it just felt like one of their moments where I've had it myself when you've been the best player in a team and you <laughs> still haven't won a game. <laughs> you think, I don't deserve this. What's, I was going to say, did everyone catch that I've had it myself? <laughs> 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 Do I need to show you my top goal scorer from the 2008 season in Sunday League Division 3? Because I can't. No, no, you don't. <laughs> what's, um, what's your guy's opinion on the, on taking Jimenez off? I just think it we just lose a bit of shape and structure. and Yeah, we end up playing with two wingers through the middle and it just yeah. doesn't quite work, does it? I, I thought Trial Red pressed quite well, but just I always think when... It's obviously something we need, isn't it, in the summer? Clearly, because we haven't got another, we haven't got anything like Jimenez. Um, but I just, I always think that we just lose a little bit of shape, just because Jimenez provides so much shape. He obviously hasn't seen enough of Campana in training to give him ten minutes off the bench yet. I always find this though. Would it have been such a stupid thing to just leave Dendonka up there, even? You know, yeah. just just as yeah. a bit of a target. Mm. You know, these are all professional footballers. I'm sure he can go and just do an occupational. Hazard job, well, you know, just to distract defenders and whatever. All you'd need to say to Don to Den Donker is just see the ball, just run after that, and if it comes to you, chest it and Hold pass it, it to someone yeah. else. Exactly, because that's all, Which is that's all he, all he do. does in midfield. Exactly, mm. exactly. Just just right. do what you do in midfield, another twenty yards further up. Fucking get rid of Nuno. But <laughs> <laughs> we've got to get AVB in while we can. I, I do want. Because it's been very negative for, uh, you know, it was a good point, but obviously there's a reason why we're a bit fucking down. Um, positives, I thought Bolly was was good. I thought he stood up to the challenge well. Yeah. Um, I thought I thought Vinagre was decent. I thought he played quite well. Um, I think that was a Vinagre performance tonight, where he yeah. did all the hard work, but just the final bit was just wasn't there again. I thought Pedence was good again. I know he might not have been as flashy as he was against Everton, but you can see the quality. Like the, the ball through to uh, Jota in the first half was just yeah. absolute, absolute yeah. class. Like the kind of class because we don't never as a Matinho rarely make those kind of passes. Yeah. And he's made, in the first two games, he's made two of them where you're like, that is just stunning way to pass and vision, and it's really he's, exciting. He's different like Kevin to... McDonald's used to do. <laughs> <laughs> he's different to Jota and Neto and Troyore. They're more likely to just carry the ball over distance. Whereas he's he's a little bit cuter and um I mean no not referencing his size when I say cute, but um you know, he's, he he seems to see these passes and like just work in little sh- sh- like tighter spaces. And I think that's the thing, the difference between us coming up against a pack defence and not breaking them down and actually coming up with some chances. You say, you say um, Jota and Pedence are different. 
then why did the commentators insist on calling them each other's names <laughs> the entirety of the time they're on the pitch? Infuriating my brother. It was absolutely infuriating him. Uh, but le- the less said about the BBC um, production of uh, today's game, the better. Um, yeah. Dion Dublin's commentary was worse than that penalty decision. He just wouldn't shut up. He's, he was just talk, talking gibberish. Honestly, I think, I think every, every house that he's been at must have had a asbestos in because he's fucking deluded. And <laughs> the problem was as well, every time Dublin went off on a boring tangent, the cameraman had to follow him. Yeah. So he'd go like, oh, have you seen that person sat over there cleaning the ball? And the cameraman yeah. has to look at him for 15 minutes. And the, the, the main commentator... The cameraman spent about two minutes purely on Tarkovsky while the game was in play. And I'm like... Get the fucking camera on the pitch. <laughs> there was, was one point. I was expecting Dublin to, to give us a valuation of Turf Moor at some point. <laughs> there, was, there was one point where they were describing an attack while they were just staring at Sean Dyche's head. And they were just literally going, and McNeil's on the ball. Yeah, McNeil's got round him. And just staring at Dyche's head. Unrelenting. We've been paying Very TV licence fee for this. <laughs> <laughs> Any other players come away with positives? Anything else you want to mention at all? Like I say, I thought Neves was really good. I don't yeah. think anyone Neves was under 7 out of 10. I just don't think anyone deserves 7.5 and, and above, apart from maybe Jimenez for the goal. Yeah, it wasn't vintage. It definitely wasn't vintage, was it? But Burnley can do that to you. They're just a bit of a... You know, they're, they're just a frustrating team to play against. I, I found myself getting more wound up today than I have done in a long time. Even against Sheffield United, which was shit. Mm. So that just, just get on my tits, I think. I think it's what Tom said. I think if you if, if you start giving away silly little free kicks and allowing them to pile the ball in the box, you, you sooner or later you will get um, yeah. yeah sucker punched by it. Um, I've been going back to I think it's about the eighty fifth minute. I'm sure Bolly was on the halfway line on the eighty fifth minute, and that's how in control he was of the game. And then yeah. as mm. soon as the board went off, it was just like right get get onto the ropes and put your gloves up and out for the best. And yeah. you know we've always been good at game management, and today it sucked us again, like it did against Sheffield United. You see it every day—the first dollar you earn from your first customer. Now it hangs on your wall at headquarters, a reminder of where you started and the promise of what's still to come. In part because you rely on Sandy Spring Bank to help you make the right choices on real estate and equipment loans, treasury management, and commercial services. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your business. Visit sandyspringbank.com slash business. Credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank.